Welcome to Yell Fight Sui, college football from three friendly-ish rivals. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the March, 3rd March, Jim March. March. Uh, edition. We can't get too excited about it being March because then Jimmy Kimmel will make fun of us. It's Yell Fight, Fight Sui, though. That's where we are. Uh, right. With me today is James Christopher. Absent today is Scott McIntyre. We were going to do a clip show of Scott's highlights, but... That would have been a 15 second show. Yeah, I mean, that, that guy's really, he, if, if I were to, t- to, to describe him, he's really a series of medium lights, right? Like he's not really low lights and he's not really high lights, <laughs> just sort of meh lights. So I think when you, when they created the word, when the kids created the word mid, I, that may be what they were talking about. I do think it's a picture of Scott in a uh, Cardinals jersey and those pink plaid shorts he has. I don't know. There you go. And somehow, I, 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 I'm glad you said the pink shorts because I was picturing him in board shorts carrying a, a fruity drink. Yeah. The only thing cool about that is the fruity drink, and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we're in this kind of weird college zone. There's not a whole, there's a whole lot to talk about, but nothing's really pressing. We're not quite at March Madness yet. We're still a couple of weeks away from, or I guess 10 days away now from selection. Uh, all three of our teams should be making the NCAA tournament. I know you guys lost a heartbreaker to TCU this week to prevent yeah. you from winning the conference uh, for what, 15 years running or something. I saw that on Twitter. Uh, some of your fans are not happy with the current situation. Um, we're kind of in the opposite place where we're going to finish in a solid second, uh, you know, similar to you, we're going to finish in second in our conference, but we're pretty happy about it considering where we started with losses to Wofford and Murray state in December and forgetting your jerseys and forgetting our jerseys and, uh, but to come back and win 14 conference games and with a chance to win a 15th this Saturday against number two or three, Alabama, whatever they're ranked right now, um, not a bad spot. And then Arkansas has played through some injuries, um, and I think will be a solid, solid competitor in both the SEC tournament and the um, NCAA's. We'll just have to see what happens with them. We don't have to pay a lot of attention to Arkansas this week. I'm just doing it as a courtesy to Scott because yeah. I'm not feeling great. Now it's beginning. Now, now, now welcome to the new show. Y'all fight. Silly. <laughs> Y'all fight bake, I guess. Whatever. Um. So that, that's our basketball update because we're not a basketball show. No. Uh, other things going on right now, the NFL Combine. So, you know, one yeah. of the goals when you're recruiting a guy, as you know, I'm sure this is part of Sark's pitch as well, we're going to put you in the NFL. Yeah. This, this is the next step for that group of guys. And these are the guys. Uh, Texas has five players, uh, Roshan, running backs Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robinson, of course, Bijan is the more talented of the two, but I think Roshan has a real chance to catch on with a team and, and, and be a solid contributor, have a solid NFL career. Yeah, and it's kind of fun for him because he came to QT as a quarterback and yeah. did the position change. And having lived through Tyrone, Tyrone Swoops, the tight end, I didn't know how that would go necessarily, but he bought into it and um, obviously clearly, you know, is going to probably play in the NFL. So what a really cool story for him. It's always interesting, too, when people talk about a solid NFL career. The average NFL career is something like under three years. Yeah, particularly for a running back. Yeah, so a solid career, if you made it five years, I don't even think that gets you to the pension, but if you made it five years, that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, and I think that is 
a player fulfilling their promise for the most part because it's yeah. so, such a big grind, especially, as you say, for running back. Uh, you also have a couple of D linemen, uh, Keandre Coburn and Mojo Moro Ojomo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a linebacker, DeMarvion, over the guy with the sweatpants. The guy with the sweatpants. Yeah, and I'm, 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 you know, it's funny because one of the things we, we talked about the show all the time, right, is lines, offensive lines, defensive lines. And the Longhorns really have a lot of had a lot of offensive linemen drafted since, you know, 05. And of course, they still won't probably this year. Uh, but it's at least nice to see some defensive players and some defensive linemen um, getting some actual NFL consideration. I think it shows some improvement at that side of the ball, particularly as we get ready to move into the SEC where they actually play defense. Yeah, and, and I will say, you know, Coburn and Ojomo were both players. The A&M was, were on deep into the process, and Texas won those head-to-heads. Um, so those are players that I'm glad to see them – you know, I'm getting old now that I'm following recruiting because when I was in college, it's like, hey, new guy showed up. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But, you know, now I spend a lot of my time being happy or sad based on the whims of 17 and 18 year olds. Uh, Which when you were younger, you did, too. But that was that was a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it, it the, the combine is interesting, too, because just because these these guys who got invited and we'll talk I'll talk about A&M's real quick. Um but these guys that got invited are considered to be people who are likely to be drafted. But as we as we've seen year after year, you can certainly play yourself up into a better position. You can sure. test well. You can, or you can fall completely on your face and run the risk of not getting drafted at all. Um, so you know, for a couple of these guys, you know, maybe that's going to be a, re- a reality. I think you've got. I think you're going to break your break your first round draft string. Because I know it's been a minute since you had a first round. Yeah. Draft. And I think Bijan will break the string. I mean, there's been talk that he might go to like the Texans at 12 or something. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. On the AM side, we've got um, Devon A. Chain, uh, running back, who should be, all, all of our players should be somewhere in the top three rounds. And because they're skill set players or skill position players, it, it kind of just depends on team needs and how many other safeties and DBs are coming out. And yeah. testing's going to be a big deal. Uh, safety Antonio Johnson and uh, Jalen Jones and if I have to guess Antonio Johnson is probably a first round draft pick as a safety because he's kind of an all-world kind of guy uh, a chain will be somewhere in the second round and Jalen Jones probably in the third round but depending on different scouts it could go you know it, all of them could elevate or decrease to based on what happens over the next month and a half well I think it helps too um oh my god the name slips me the who you think's going to the first round watching him he, he plays versatile defense. And I think as we've seen what the Cowboys have done, um, the, the, it's almost like football's following baseball in the sense of, Oh, if you can play multiple positions and line up in different places on the field, you become in, infinitely more valuable. And I think that's going to help him get drafted in the first round. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the NFL's changed um, certainly since we were in college, but um, running backs aren't, sure things to get picked in the first round yeah. anymore. Matter of fact, it's pretty rare. So, and I don't disagree with you. I think B. John's got a great chance of being picked in the first round, but that's not considered a premium position by the NFL anymore. Well, it is to, it's, it's not to 31 other teams. Jerry Jones will still give an Emmett Smith like contract to a guy who's broken and then wonder why, Oh, sorry. This is not a football, an NFL show or my yeah. therapy session. So <laughs> Zeke's a great guy in the clubhouse. And that's important too. Um, He's a coach's kid, I think. 
Something sure, uh, like a coach on the field, I heard. Real gym rat. Right, right. Um, Arkansas, since they're part of this show, you know, sometimes when Scott bothers to show up, uh, they've got two wide receivers, Jalen Hasselwood or Jaden Hasselwood and Matt Landers that were invited to the combine, two offensive linemen, Rick Stromberg and Dalton Wagner, and I think probably the cream of their crop, uh, who was a transfer from Alabama and played one year at Arkansas and is now entering the draft, uh, Drew Sanders. Uh, and that's probably your first rounder out of those five guys. Although I'm sure Scott would tell us why all of them are potential first rounders. Uh-huh. I will say that it's interesting. You know, neither of us, neither of our teams have offensive linemen that were invited to the combine. He's got two. Um, and I think a lot of their success has been holding on and keeping uh, offensive linemen into their fourth and fifth years and not watching them walk after three or transfer as the case is now. Um so I think that's been a lot of their success over the last couple seasons is guys like Stromberg and Wagner being the big bodies who not only are big bodies, but are experienced because all the offensive line that matters. I have a question for you about that then. Um, you know, like I've, I've talked about how Texas has really not been super great on the offensive line for the now going on 20 years. Um, what I've seen people talk about is like the proliferation of seven on seven in the state and mm-hmm. the lack of focus at the high school level on offensive lines. You think that's actually it, or do you think that this is just something that's happening and Texas is missing on recruiting? Um, I, I mean, I think you're, I think a lot of your recruiting is right in itself because I think Sark is a better concept of what he needs to actually field a competitive team than previous coaches did. Mm-hmm. And without throwing a lot of guys under stones who may or may not be in doing Red Bull, Bull and Vodka at this moment, um, certain of your other coaches, their programs seem to be, I'm going to get a lot of five-star DBs, five-star wide receivers and get those skill positions. So my recruiting rankings look good. Sure. It wasn't about building a team necessarily. And so you see that in offensive lines take years to build. And, and so you see that kind of gap. Um, I think some of it, I think there are fewer um, offensive linemen in Texas, but that, other teams are able to put it together. So if you look at a a school like Baylor, who we both dislike strongly, Mm -hmm. they seem to be able to put together competent offensive lines. Um, You look at Texas Tech seems to be able to put together offensive lines. TCU made it to the national championship by being able to put together an offensive line uh, through scraps. So I think some of it's, you know, maybe there aren't as many players, but I think a lot of it is not having the right guys developing those players and getting them into a unit. I think your offensive line coach is offensive line coaches in general are woefully underrated for the actual contribution they make to the team. Um, you know, like a running back, a running backs coach, run the ball. All right. If a guy comes, you, you stop them. That That's the running back coaching. Don't drop. Because of you move. <laughs> yeah. But your running backs coach is typically your best recruiter. So there's some trade-off in coaching skill versus that right. aspect. The offensive line coach is the one that is all about technique, all about getting you motivated, and all about knowing the five best guys to play together. Not necessarily the five best guys, but the five best guys playing together at once to provide a blocking scheme that you need to be successful. Um, And so I think that, I think coach, I think comes down to coaching um, because there certainly have been players. Because at the same time, A&M has been able to pull and we in general recruit from the same pools, right? Yeah. So we've been able to pull offensive linemen um, and put them in the NFL. 
Yeah. I would just go to Wisconsin for all my offensive linemen and been like, you look like you need a lot of biscuits. Yeah, I mean, it used to be Nebraska that used to be that way. Yeah, corn-fed. Of course, they also used to have counties put up scholarships so they didn't you know, have to waste scholarship on linemen, but that's a whole different thing. Let me compliment you on something real quick that has nothing to do with this show, but I got a better look at your framed Astros headlines. Mm-hmm. I did not notice you did – I thought it – looking at my phone, I thought it was two frames. I like that it's one. That's pretty uh, – Pretty cool setup, and I like that our friend Ashlyn, the Braves fan, just liked your picture. So there you go. Well, anything Ashlyn likes, I'm you know super proud of. Yeah. Uh, not that she will ever listen to the show because we're not talking about Auburn. If we're not. Um, yeah, we talked about that offline. There's a there's a third one of those uh, covers that the Chronicle did that I don't like because it said something about the tainted title in 2017. So I elected not to put that in a frame. Good. Anyway. Back to the show. Back to the actual. Um, Scott, what do you have to say about that? Great. <laughs> Somehow I'm expecting you still to, to meander through an answer. Um, okay. Uh, um, in other fun news, because we've got about, you know, 15 minutes left or so. Uh, this weekend, we both got to go to our first baseball yeah. game season. I invited my friend jim the longhorn who was completely incognito to a baseball game at bluebell park olsen field at bluebell park um which we actually won which was a a big deal for this weekend since we decided to go in a little three-game slag before a&m took out all their frustrations on the fighting lance berkman's on tuesday night yeah 23 to nothing in seven innings that'll do it um so you know all the yeah by all means let's move lance to texas to be the to be the head coach all the offense we couldn't muster against the mighty Portland Pilots, um, Houston Christian had to feel the wrath of that. So, yeah. uh, but that was your first time at Blue Bell yeah. Park. So I wanted to kind of get your impressions and, uh, you know, how, how did it go other than getting to spend time with me, which is awesome. Well, that's always the best part. Um, well, no, first of all, the ballpark I thought was beautiful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very romantic person when it comes to ballparks. And so when you walk in and you get whatever the feel is, whether the, whether you're going for something that's, that's very classic, like what I think Bluebell's going for or something that's pretty modern. Um, I, I can get pretty wrapped up in the experience just based on my first impression of it. And I thought it was a beautiful ballpark. It was cool because we were there when they were celebrating the core. So even it being sort of a Friday, a Sunday at one o'clock game, and the game not going particularly well for the majority of the game. I thought the energy was was um, just really good, really fun. I thought it was an a a my big takeaway was an educated baseball crowd, which you as well know you you know as well as I do. That's not always the case, right? Um, but it felt like it was again an educated baseball crowd. I thought that the sort of in game stuff for audience participation. Uh, at first, and like I was like, okay, cool, we're going to see the rifleman thing again. And then I think by the end, I was doing that thing too. So sure. clearly, indoctrination works, I guess. Um, I do feel, I still feel bad, you know. And I'll tell the story of, you know, I didn't know when the school song would come on and the whole like saw them off thing. And one, I'm not a super big touchy feely with people I don't know person. I mean, you're I'm not also, Howie Mandel level. I'm, no, but. I'm also, uh, you know, I don't know that I would have done the whole saw them off anyway, but I felt bad because this I was wearing a maroon jersey to fit in, and this really old guy wanted to be me to be part of it, or he wanted to like, you know, I I get it, wanted to feel some level of connection, and I just kind of blew him off, and I felt I felt bad since the second that that happened, 
that I could have, you know, for 30 seconds bitten the bullet and given that guy, uh, you know, what he was maybe looking for in that moment. So I kind of feel like I was a shitty person, but in that, but other than that, I had a, a, just a really great time and it was, uh, it was as good an environment as I was hoping for. Well, I can tell you that that guy probably thought about it for about the five seconds that that not, not interaction happened and then moved on with his life. So okay. you're probably in the clear on that. I hope so. Um, you know, the other good thing for you, we were sitting in section 204. And so those of you who are listening who have been to Bluebell Park, uh, Jim did not get to experience the full um, show that is section 203 because they sat the core guys in 203 this time and moved general admission to 204. And so the obnog the raggies, um, the <laughs> literally section two hundred three has their own Twitter account. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, um, but they were in two hundred four, so a lot of the chanting, um, the things that got started, you were a section removed from. So it makes it a little bit more enjoyable because when you're right next to it, if you're not into it, into it, yeah, it can wear on you. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, but, you know, still, I, I overall, it was a really just um, really great experience. And I'm incredibly, first of all, thank you for bringing me out there. And just, again, I would definitely go back. And, and you know, to say nothing bad about Dish Falk, we do at least have grass. Yeah. I mean, it makes well, a big deal when you're playing baseball. No, it, it, well, it's a big deal. I, I, and the, well, now that we're here, let's talk about the, the turf at Dish Falk because they didn't even, I could, I can almost handle turf with dirt cutouts like what we grew up with. Yep. The Astrodome. Or if you're going to do the turf around the bases, at least try to make it match the color of the dirt on the mound. Um, I would have been disappointed if AM had turf because that's, you know, the agriculture is part of your, of your, it's name. in the name. Yeah. But I also feel like, and I, and I, from what I understand, Crystal Conte is trying to move both of the fields to a natural surface eventually. So hopefully we'll get back to it. But I, I hate looking at the turf field at Dishfalk. Well, kind of a dump compared to Bluebell, honestly. Well, I mean, the, I know that part of the, and you guys will face the same things we're facing when you enter SEC play. The Big 12 is a great baseball conference, and I'm not disparaging that at all, but you have programs in the SEC from top to bottom that rival AAA teams as far as amenities, as far as yeah. talent, as far as level of play. And, you know, it bothers me as, a, as an Aggie to go to Bluebell and see our 6,100-seat stadium knowing that if I go to Starkville, Starkville, Mississippi, a state that is 50th in education and income, um, and they've got, I think, a stadium that seats 15,000 people. Now, granted, there's less to do in Starkville, but um, that's the kind of, they have a program that they're really proud of, the community's into it, it's easy to get tickets. Um, it's kind of a challenge to get a ticket to Bluebell Park because of the limited seating, and yeah. there is, there's a years-long wait to get season tickets. Season to those seats that we had that were good seats, um, even with the chairbacks, I think are twenty dollars a game. That's not a big investment compared to a major league stadium. Um, but to get in line, you have to be a donor that makes a fairly con a substantial contribution and wait for a decade maybe before you can actually get season tickets. Um, and then let's say nothing of the first level that gets even worse. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas if it was expanded to eight or 10, I don't need 15, but 10,000 people, 
um, you could certainly support that and make it more of an event for the students, uh, have more engagements that way. And I think Dish Falk, even with its great legacy and history, and I know the level of fans that you guys bring um, to big games, because I've been there, um, only seats, what did we determine? A little under 8,000? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I would assume the extra money you're going to get from the TV package moving to the new thing, hopefully is going to start going to some facilities like that, because I think there's no reason a, a, a program... We can, we can rag all day and go back and forth and play fight about Texas's football prowess and whether they're a blue blood or not. Texas is 100% of blue blood when it comes to college baseball. I, I don't think anybody with half a brain would ever argue that. Um, it is not a, a, a fake accomplishment to be the team that has been to Omaha the most in its yeah. history. Um, and you guys can be struggling like you were a couple of years ago and turn it on at any moment with recruiting and the next year be in the final four in the college world series. And that's the, I mean, that's the level of program you have. Um, I know personally, we like David Pierce probably more than your fan base does right now. Yeah. Um, it was funny because we did the whole, like we were watching each other's Twitter's like Twitter accounts as both teams struggled on Sunday and just able to predict the complaints of, David Pierce's game management. Yeah, I guess he didn't call the don't throw the home run pitch pitch. And I'm like, whoa, boy. It was... Well, interestingly enough, I was at a friend's house watching um, that game, LSU versus uh, Texas Tuesday night, uh, which was a great baseball game for both parties up until the ninth inning. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Texas gave up a three-run bomb to the number one team in base, uh, number one team in college baseball right now. I don't think there's any shame in that. I think it was a, it was a good game. There was no no hang in your head. I think again, people who were overreacting to that are your football fans who figured out baseball comes on every now and then and, and watch it. Um, right. I will say I was there with a priest who um, happened to be at that house who had married David Pierce's son to um, his now wife and has uh, David Pierce's phone number in his cell phone. Oh yeah. So he is an LSU, the priest is an LSU fan, and we had to stop him from texting Coach oh. Pierce during the game. That's and that's we're like, terrible. I don't think he carries his phone, so I don't know what you, what you're trying to do. But it just goes to show you that the LSU mentality permeates everything that they do, even with priests. <laughs> I'm gonna rub that in your face. Shut up. Baseball, baseball be like that sometimes, David. But yeah, I mean, look, I think um, I still think AM will be better than what the record is now. I think I think both teams will be what we thought they were going to be at the end of the year. And I think Texas is going to take some time to find its offense. And I think, um, you know, when you lose Ivan Melendez and you lose player like, players like that, it takes some time to replace them. Um, I think they're going to pitch well enough to keep them in just about every game. And um, you know, we'll see what they're like at the end of the year. I still think that they're going to definitely make the postseason. I don't know that they'll necessarily make Omaha this year, but I still think it'll be a season worth watching. But that, and that's the thing about baseball. Um, it, it's certainly true in the major leagues, as we talk about on our other show, that every major league team is going to go through a period where they just don't hit, they just don't win games for whatever reason. And it might last a week or a couple of weeks, and if they're a bad team, longer than that. Yeah. Um, in college baseball, it's certainly a shorter window because you don't play 162 games, uh, but you are going to have a bad weekend. You are going to have a weekend where things just don't work out. And, you know, when you are a high pro high profile program like Texas, like Texas A&M, like Arkansas, 
um, anybody you lose to in that kind of weekend is going to be, a, a, in general, a team that is inferior to you from a talent standpoint. Yeah. Baseball, that doesn't really matter. It matters on the long the long haul. Uh, I think the different, difference in college baseball is you might be allowed to have two of those weekends in the entire season versus, you know, a month. You could have a month, yeah. You could have yeah, a month where you're, you're playing 500 ball and eh, whatever, and then you turn it on. We've seen it, in, uh, you know, in, in recent World Series history. We've seen it throughout the history of baseball. College baseball is a little bit different, but, you know, the people who freak out over losing a Tuesday night game to Lamar or Texas State don't understand the level of talent that are at those schools in Texas. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, it's interesting, but I think it's a learning process for a lot of people. I think it is, and, um, you know, I think it's uh... – I think it's in part too awkward because so many people started watching college baseball for the first time in the last year or two, born out of frustration with the product the MLB is putting on or not putting on the field, depending on what year we're talking about. So we'll have to deal with, I think a lot of that a lot more, but I do think, again, I think both programs are headed in the right direction. I don't know what Arkansas looks like, but. Um, um, Arkansas is very, very good. They're a top 10 team and they're going to be a top 10 team provided they stay healthy all year. I know they lost a frontline starter before the season started for the season with um, Tommy John surgery. Um, and I'm sure Scott will be happy to talk about that at length the next time he's going to make it on the show. Um, but they are a loaded, loaded team. Um, interestingly enough, I've got a, a person I went to high school with. Their son is a freshman pitcher for Arkansas. So I will be closetly rooting for them when they're not playing um, A&M this year. Yeah. Well, good for him too. I mean, you know, and I, uh, Anybody that can handle both college and, and playing a sport deserves my respect because it's it's a tough tough life being a college athlete. I mean it's it's I don't think many people understand it, but um, that's a that's a topic for another show. It is, yeah. I think we're going to leave that here today. Um, happy to be back with the folks here on Yell Fight Suey. Um, happy to get more consistent in our shows, and we'll be back next week with probably March Madness talk. And yeah. just, we'll check out completely for about 15 minutes during that show. Hey, all well, I know is, is we don't have a uh, white beater as the head coach anymore. So there you go. Hey, we'll let you know where Texas is playing. That, yeah, just let me know when I have to watch. Other than that, I'm going to be watching spring training baseball. But right. thanks for having me on. Hey, leaving it there. Uh, that's James Christopher. Uh, I'm Andy Tomchesson. Thanks for tuning in to Go Fight Suey. Scott, get well soon. Please. We, hit, we have to back because Andy, the name of the show is Yell Fight Suey. You said Go Fight Suey. Exactly. I'm off my game because there's no Scott. Yeah. I, I, we have, we're, we're ending on time because Scott's not here. Yeah. You ever thought that Scott would be the glue that held this thing together? I didn't. So. Scott would be 20 more minutes of content right now. He would be. He would be. Scott, we miss you. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.